You're listening to The Owen 60. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at The Owen 60 Pod for all the latest news from around the OHL. And now here are your hosts, Reese Dumaney and Colin Ward. This is episode 72 of the Owen 60 podcast. Reese Dumaney here along with Colin Ward, and we are absolutely psyched for this one. Uh, we don't usually do something like this in the middle of the season. I mean, we only had like three quarters of the season anyways when we first started. But uh, we're, we're excited for this one. Uh, if you saw the graphic up on our Instagram and Twitter, kind of previewing the show tonight, we will be joined by Bryce Montgomery. Yeah, it's a fun one because we've, we've been in talk about having Bryce on for a long time. And now yeah. like, we finally have him on. So that's pretty cool. So it's going to be a fun one tonight. I mean, Bryce is a good kid. So it's going to be exciting. I mean, I'm excited. Reese is excited. We're all excited. I'm sure the listeners are excited too. I mean, he's improved so much this year, Bryce too. Like it's exciting times. Yeah. And of course it's fitting. It follows a London Knights featured game win where I might just flex a little bit here. Bryce Montgomery, third star of the game. Just thought I'd yep. mention that. He is now a hashtag show guest. Yeah. Star number two, I think Mr. I know, Brett yeah, Brochu. Hashtag show guest. guest with Not his a big first deal. shutout. Not a big deal. And uh, first star, he was unreal. All weekend, he was unreal. Luke Evangelista, star number one, hashtag show guest. Not a big deal. Yeah. Pretty cool. The captain. The captain. Yeah, that's awesome. Pretty he cool. was yeah. all over the ice. Wow. Oh, oh my he's God. He's so smooth, eh? He's improved so much. Like, he was good before, but, like, He's improved a ton, Luke. I mean, like, he's so smooth with the puck. Like, he makes those, like, seam passes with the sauce so smooth. It's like, oh, that's nice. Uh, yeah. Gets you excited. Put a nice little sauce on that. Oh, yeah. 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 That's him for sure. Yeah. So, l- like I said, it, it's pretty exciting show this week. Uh, we're going to go over the featured game. It was a 4 nothing London Knights victory on home ice against the visiting Kitchener Rangers. Uh, of course, then we will break and talk to Bryce Montgomery. After that, we'll run through the headlines. Uh, more trades taking place. That was a lot of fun. Uh, that includes uh, Mississauga, Owen Sound, hooking up for a deal. Uh, the Niagara Ice Dogs. I guess they seem to win the uh, Liam Van Loon sweepstakes. It seemed like there were a few teams in on him, uh, including the Knights and Storm. Um, and then took long enough. Matt Guzda is finally a Barry Colt. So uh, we will go through all of that. Again, we hate to say it, but it's we something more. we got to talk about. Principal's more suspensions office. in the league. It's, it's very unfortunate. Navrin Mutter uh, and then uh, Dylan Robinson, who there's no, probably going to be an update that. on it by the time this is out, but. We're not a yeah. thousand percent sure what exactly good. is going to be handed down. So that's very unfortunate. And then uh, Jordan Frask or uh, Jacob Frask, excuse me. Um, oh, yeah. Of course, two games for his slash, but we'll get all into that. Of course, uh, we'll get into the players of the week. A couple of San Jose Sharks prospects. I like that tweet they saw. Big. That's how I, that's how I found out about the tweet or about uh, who won. They said, oh, week, eh? it's like, a, it was, I don't know how they word it. Something with teal. I forget. I'd have to look it up, but I got it. Um, I got you. They had like a pun or a joke or something, uh, but that's kind of how I found out who won OHL Player of the Week when I looked on Twitter at work. So uh, we'll we'll go through that, and then 
Of course, we'll get into our featured game for this upcoming week, and it is going to be a Sunday afternoon trip to Mississauga. Uh, so we'll get yeah. into that uh, as the show goes on. But uh, Colin's got the tweet up. What yeah, it was, a teal- it was a tealy great week in the OHL. That's right. unreal. That's a good one. Props to the uh, social media yeah. coordinator there in San Jose. That's a good one. I like that. It's a tealy week in the All OHL. Right. That's Featured game of the week, London Knights, 4-0 victory over the Kitchener Rangers in an arena that was very cold. Holy crap. We, yeah, we thought upper... Guelph was cold. That was cold. Yeah, it comes from the back. Eh? It comes from the back and goes down the ventilation there at the bud. It's mm-hmm. always been like that. There's always been a breeze that goes through there from like just underneath the banners. I mean, if, when you're over top of the banners in the 300s, you feel it pretty good. Anything on the side, actually, you feel it pretty good, but – it's been like that for a while at the bud. I was gonna say, I mean, that, game, though. I was gonna say that that's a curse of sitting up there and having so many banners, but it's also a good thing to have that many banners. So <laughs> you need more just to block it's the a, wind. Yeah, it's a good problem to have uh, if yeah, you're the London Knights. But uh, yeah, yeah. They have a few. Yeah, <laughs> both sides. Just a little bit. Yeah, uh, including the London Lightning. I totally forgot they were a team. I totally yeah, forgot like, they were a thing. <laughs> all good. All good. Yeah. I went to a couple of games. I went to a couple of games in my day. Oh, that's all right. A lot of lighting. Yeah. Right. I've been to a couple of River Lions games in Niagara, sat courtside. Right. That's pretty sweet. Yeah, same for the Lightning. Sweet. Nice. Right yeah. on. 0-60 oh, oh, always goes courtside. <laughs> yeah. Well, mine was awesome because I, I originally just won tickets somehow. And then, oh, that's it. My friends worked at Swiss Chalet, and I got free tickets through them. So that was kind of <laughs> that was kind of sweet. And then I get to the game with my buddy. Right. And uh and of course, uh, the, my, one of my other friends that I met at school working for the radio station, giant FM country 89, uh, in Niagara, he's there. He goes, yeah, we got a couple courtside seats to give away. I go, okay, how do I enter? He goes here. I'm like, what? He goes, yeah, you just entered and won. Just oh, okay. money, boss. <laughs> so sat courtside. Nice. So that was pretty That's sweet. sweet. That was pretty cool. It's, ama- it's amazing sitting courtside. I, I was lucky enough to sit courtside in an NBA game and a Raptor game a That's few seasons sweet. ago. Yeah, pre Kawhi, pre Kawhi, but that was so, pretty. That, that was so something. pretty sweet. Yeah, that was. Something. It was a year before Kawhi was there. It was against Washington, so it was cool. Like John Wall. Oh yeah, Beale. like it was That's pretty sick. cool. And like we were right behind the Raptors, like right behind the Raptors bench. Oh, on, That's awesome. So like the first row behind them, but every time they stand, you can't see. It's like oh, I forgot how short I am. And then you'd and then it'd be like maybe if I stand up and cheer, and it's like oh yeah, stand on they're, the chair. They're like six I'm four. <laughs> I'm standing on the chair. I'm like, yeah. I'm looking up at like the CN Tower. Right. <laughs> yeah, that's not, but it was quite the experience. So, like, it was in like the first row. So, like, when Drake comes out and stuff, yeah. like, it was pretty cool to see Drake. Yeah, that's, that's a good experience. Yeah, that's a good experience. And plus, like, the broadcast booth, obviously, Reese and I brought like radio. It's pretty cool to see Jack Armstrong up close like that. Yeah. That was pretty cool. Uncle By Jack. the way, anyone that goes to Bill's games, Jack Armstrong, big Bill's guy. Big so. time, eh? Buffalo yeah. guy. Yeah. Marshall Ferguson told me if, pretty neat story it's not podcast appropriate but um told me a pretty sweet story about when he met jack armstrong at a buffalo bills tailgate party so that's um, yeah i can just picture that one right it's now good, it's a good story um but yeah the closest i came to courtside at a raptors game i was the very last row in the corner on the opposite side of the raptors bench against the detroit pistons very last row 25 bucks nice. a ticket i went with my dad and my brother wow, 25 and though that's pretty good yeah not bad eh? 75 bucks for tickets um so it was pretty sweet yeah for the three of us 
but that's the closest I came to courtside. And the Raptors lost to it, the Pistons. Raptor games are fun, though. Raptor games are fun. They're fun yeah. to go to. They are. They are. That was. It was pretty fun. Like it was still a good view. I could see everything. Like it was. It, like it was good. Yeah, so, I love. I love going there. It's a great time. Yeah, worked out yeah. well. Uh, but back to the ice. Uh, London Knights get the job done. Uh, go through the score, scoring summary for you here. It stayed scoreless until the 1535 mark of the first period. And it's rare that we see a game winner scored in the first period. But Luke Evangelista on the power play um, gets that eventual game winning goal. Uh, his 13th of the season, Antonio Strongis, Sean McGurn getting the two assists. That's where we would stand after one period of play. Uh, heading into the second, the Knights got after it pretty quickly. A minute four into the middle frame, Colton Smith. Again, another power play goal for the Knights. Uh, Smith, Smith's ninth goal of the season, uh, assisted by Gazazov and hashtag show guest Luke Evangelista. So it'll be 2-0 Knights after 40 minutes. And again, quickly into the third period, 45 seconds to be exact. Max McHugh scores the only even strength goal of the night for his sixth of the year. Denver Barkey, name bracket champion, and show guest Luke Evangelista get the assists on that one. Not and a big then, deal. yeah, not a big deal at all. Uh, and then rounding out the scoring, 645 mark of the third. Luke Evangelista's second of the game, 14th of the season, again on the power play. Cody Morgan and Antonio Strongis get the helpers on that one. And that fourth one, just you're, you're in awe of that shot. And it's Ooh. no matter where he's shooting oh. it from, whether he's at an acute angle from in the corner, whether he's right in the slot, whether he's in the face-off circle or, you know, even top of the slot creeping towards the blue line, that, that shot will that. beat a lot of goaltenders because he can really fire it. Shifty on his edges too. He's getting on his edges, Luke. Yeah. But a quick, a quick, I have a little bit of a stat of the day. So a quick uh, stat of the day on Luke Evangelista. So he came in on Friday tied for 15th in scoring. He came out on, well, Monday in seventh. He's the first night wow. since Mitch, he's the first London night since Mitch Marner to have uh, back-to-back games, four-point games. So that's pretty cool. Back-to-back four-point games for Luke Evangelista is the first night since Mitch Marner. So that's pretty good company to join Mitch Marner in any record book in the Ontario Hockey League. So that's pretty cool for Luke Evangelista. Congrats and quick little uh, stat of the day. I like that. Oh, I don't have a stat of the day. We got Bryce on. Yeah, sorry, one I sonked you. I sonked you. You did. You did all Stop. day. Um, but, yeah, as much as we can talk about Luke Evangelista today, you know, Brett Brochu, and, you know, there was a little bit of a rough patch there. You kind of think, oh, the fatigue's starting to get to him. Eh, might want to change <laughs> well, a tune yeah. there. You know, he only, saw, <laughs> he only saw 22 shots. Not saying that's – a. Not a lot, but it's, it really isn't. He saw 11 in the first, six in the second, and only five in that third period. And just, you know, to get that shutout, I think that that busy. gives him a boost. After that rough patch a little bit, and it was funny. We'll talk about this with Bryce. Uh, but, you know, I said to you, I go, oh, geez, the Knights, you know, there are three points up. They've got a couple games in hand, but, you know, does this rough patch come back to hurt them? And then I look at the standings, I go, actually, they are 11-3-1. and one. I'm going to shut up. Now. 13. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah at the time, at the time, that was before a couple of wins, but uh, yeah, no, they're, ju- they're doing just fine. Brett Brochu with the shutout. And, you know, there were a couple times where, 
you know, if, if Kitchener scores in certain situations, then this is a completely different hockey game because Brett Brochu came up big quite a few times. Hit the post in the first period, like your yep. fourth shot attempt of the game. Uh, yeah, they beat him clean. Yeah, it was close. I was, I mean, the bar, hit the bar. So, yeah, they had their chances for sure, but not urgent enough in the third period for Kitchener, mm-hmm. for my liking. Yeah, no, no I, I totally agree with the Knights scoring early. The Kitchener Rangers had to score early to give themselves a chance, and they just didn't. You know, and the, the different what difference was we talked about this all game. You know, we even kind of mentioned it. Uh, you know, after the game, walking down, uh, leaving the arena, stopping by the Knights room, uh, Ryan Payette standing there. Just Rangers were all for four. Knights were three for seven. Big time, big time. I was just about to say that on the power play, three for seven. London zero for four. Kitchener, and it's that five forward power play. For the London Knights, which is incredible. It's wild to think. And, I mean, they're probably going to run this until Logan Mayu comes back because they don't really have – they do, but they don't have that quarterback on the power play. So, it's Antonio Strongest and Luke Evangelista kind of in those flank spots. One or Strongest up top, Gazis up. They kind of rotate. They kind of run Rover up there, the three of them. And then you got Sean McGurn, who's been incredible. How Sean McGurn doesn't have a pro contract, how he hasn't had an ATO invite or something to do with the professional tryout. I don't know how that is missed because Sean McGurn's been incredible this year. And he's mm-hmm. been another one that's been very underrated in the Ontario Hockey League. Sean McGurn's been really good. And then you have Colton Smith, who has 10 goals this year on the season, the rookie who plays that net front. They have a very good power play. Those five forwards work well together. The one thing I was kind of worried about going into the game was I was worried about like Kitchener's penalty kill has guys like Francesco Pinelli who carry the play. Those get they didn't really get they didn't really get it going shorthanded. They couldn't create chances. That just shows how good their power play was on Saturday and Sunday for that matter for the London Knights. Yeah. Yeah, no, they you're supposed to score on the power play, and then London Knights did that. And it's one of the reasons then, why they won four nothing. And plus another thing is plus another thing is for the London penalty kill. That London penalty kill, it wasn't Kitchener couldn't really get set up. They had a little bit of fits on the weekend, I've noticed, because the London defense core are so big and rangy. I mean, Bryce Montgomery, show guest today, long reach. He's in your face. Bryce Montgomery's a lot more physical this season, I've noticed. So that's really improved his game a ton, I've noticed, in the league. I've noticed there's been a couple penalties for him. But those aren't calls at the professional level, in my opinion. I don't think they call those holdings in the AHL or the NHL. I don't think they call those boarding penalties against men. So that's an okay penalty, in my opinion, because that's not a penalty they're going to call at the professional ranks. That's just a penalty they're going to call in junior. So that's okay. You're bigger, stronger than everybody. That's an okay penalty. They have Ben Roger, another guy with a lot of range, a second-round pick for Ottawa. That's a good pick for Ottawa in the second round. I know there's a lot of head scratching when Ottawa took him in the second round, but Ben Rogers are really good defensemen, really solid defensemen. The two London A's, McGurn and Roger, have been very good this year. Those two players are huge on their penalty kill as well. McGurn and Evangelista have been very good. They're aggressive up front on the forwards, and that really hurt. That really hurt Kitchener because you saw a lot, a, a lot more movement. Usually, when we see Kitchener's power play reached throughout the year, we saw Francesco Pinelli making plays, yep. carrying the puck, getting space. There was no space. He came over the blue line. All of a sudden, Luke Evangelista is there. All of a sudden, he's in the corner. Bryce Montgomery's right there in front of you. What are you going to do? And it's a, such a good, aggressive penalty kill the last two days on the Saturday, Sunday games for the London Knights. Their penalty kill was spectacular. And it doesn't matter. I know there's a lot of talk around the league. Oh, they had four power plays. Kitchener had four power plays. London had seven. Yeah, but London's penalty kill looked really good that day. 
So you never know, right? And it was four nothing. So three more power plays really isn't going to make a difference, even if you score on all three of them. I, I couldn't agree more. It's how can you just rely on power play scoring, you know, special teams to win hockey games? You have to score five on five. So the fact that exactly you got three less penalties that that makes absolutely no sense. But um, <laughs> yeah, I have, a, I have a really good appreciation for Bryce Montgomery being the third star in this game. Wasn't on the, he wasn't on the score sheet except for a two point holding call. But again, that Played was a, heck of a game. Yeah, that was a penalty where you look at, okay, I didn't see any harm in that. I thought he made a good defensive play. Maybe just got a glove in there, held on to him for a second or two. But, you know, that's no big deal where, you know, he gets third star in the game. He easily could have given it to, you know, Colton Smith. I thought he played well. Gaz is off. You know, he got a couple of penalties, but I thought he was all over the ice. He made his teammates a lot more successful in the game um, just from his presence on the ice. So, you know, for Bryce Montgomery to get the third star in this game, that just shows that, you can be a defenseman and not score and still have the biggest impact five on five, because I thought his five on five game was really good. You can talk about he, he was in your face on the, on the PK uh, while the Rangers were uh, on the man advantage, but no, his five on five play in this game. Again, one of the reasons why Kitchener only had 22 shots and only five of them in the third period. Well, I was talking to a couple of guys from around the league that are in the Midwest that, or in the Western Conference in general that have played a lot of nights this year. And the one point I got from each player was that their D are just rangy. They're long, they're rangy, they're getting gaps, right? Mm-hmm. It's a big difference when you got a 5'11 defenseman coming over. You're coming over on – you're a winger, you're coming up against a 5'11 defenseman, or you're coming up against a 6'4 Brace Montgomery. There's a big difference. And uh, especially now that Brace is physical and he's going to hit you, that's huge. That's massive. You're not going – it's just dump and chase. Okay, all of a sudden we're going to cycle it up back in transition on offense for a lot of nights. I mean, look at the shots in the, in the game, 13, 11 in the first eight, six in the second, 19 to five in the third, the men come out in the third period, Reese, as you know, I mean, third period of Midwest game, it's a grind it out. You got to stick to the structure, stick to the system. That's a heck of a, that's a heck of a third period for a lot of nights on Saturday, yeah. plus 40 to 22, the shots, look at the faceoffs, 41, 28 for London. They had the puck. They had possession, mm-hmm. and they did a really good job getting the cycle going in their defense. Really didn't give them a lot of time and space coming over, the, coming through the neutral zone over the blue, to their own blue line. They really didn't give them a lot of space, and that proved a big, big, big time in this week, in the weekend, because Friday wasn't pretty against Sarnia. Friday was mm-hmm. not pretty against the Sarnia's thing for them, and they kind of lacked that control. I mean, Sarnia could get in around the net area a little bit more, get a couple of garbage goals. They could, they could get to the net. On Brett Rochu. Saturday, Sunday, we really didn't see that. And it's all credit to their big defense and their defensive structure for that matter. Well, let's talk about that for a second as we're a couple of minutes away here from getting to the break and chatting with Bryce Montgomery. These teams needed wins this weekend. The situation that the Kitchen Rangers in clearly is a lot worse. That's Captain Obvious point of the week. Uh, The Kitchen Rangers are in a much worse spot. Uh, than the London Knights are. But you, you talk about the way the Knights played against Sarnia a couple times this past week. It's not an effort you want, especially if you're on Dale Hunter's club. You expect them to compete, compete a little bit harder than that. Whereas Kitchen Rangers, they're on that slide. Okay, these two teams are meeting in the biggest rink in the OHL. Okay. Wrong. Second biggest rink 
probably the most populated rink in the Ontario Hockey League um, yeah. at Budweiser Gardens. Go at it. Let you need a Rangers need a win. Knights need a win. Let's go at it. Let, let's have let's have a Donny Brook if you want to say like let's have an let's old have a classic. Let's Knights, have a classic London Kitchener. Exactly. exactly. And that that's what London got. They needed yeah. a four nothing shutout. But just as much as they needed it, the Kitchener Rangers would have loved a four nothing well, shutout because who knows what would have happened. You're heading back home to play the same team less than 24 hours later. Well, what a night. Like, yeah, this is a, this was as much as we talk about it being November. This was a very important weekend for both teams. And the London Knights just manhandled the Rangers. Yes. Yes, they did. And I mean, they played a lot of hockey this week. The London Knights playing four games. Mm-hmm. I mean, Sarnia, Sarnia, Kitchener, Kitchener. So that's a lot of hockey against familiar teams, obviously, back to back. So. That's tough. That's tough to play four games in a week. That's a ton of hockey for them. And uh, two and two is okay, but I'm sure they wanted to be better than that. So especially after Friday, but yeah. And Kitchener, that's tough. They had that tough game Friday night against Saginaw where Saginaw just comes out in the third and kind of blows it open a little bit and they couldn't reel it in. And then go into the bud the next day, Saturday afternoon game, four o'clock, you would think, okay, let's bounce back. We get to go into that environment in London. And to be fair, the bud wasn't, the bud, you could say. I mean, it wasn't yeah. full. It wasn't nine thousand. Yeah, and you kind of lose that because I feel like when you're going to the bud to play in a game, you're visiting team. You think, okay, nine thousand strong. It's our first time in London this year for Kitchener standpoint. It's our first time there. Nine thousand strong. Let's go. And it really wasn't that, but that's no excuse. So that's no excuse. And especially Sunday coming at home, they didn't play good enough. They didn't play good enough. And Ryan Payette had a really good stat on the line of free press on Saturday. Yeah, he saying, did. Uh, 10 consecutive goals the Kitchener Rangers gave up. You can say 11 now on because the, they gave up the first goal on Sunday as well. 11 consecutive goals isn't good enough. And I know they'll figure it out. I know Mackenzie and the boys will figure it out there. And Kitchener, Kitchener's a winning organization. We've saw it. We've saw it on their social media right now. We've saw the post-game shows. We've heard it all about from the fans have – they're not happy right now, and obviously rightly so, but they'll figure it out. They'll figure it out. They have a, they have good leadership there for sure. One of the best in the league, their leadership. I mean, Francesco Pinelli is the round pick in the NHL. He's a really good player, one of, one of the elite players in our league. So they'll figure it out, Kitchener, and they'll be okay. Yeah, and a shout-out to Sean Fafaro for standing up for the Kitchener Rangers. Thank and God. essentially there's one stat that, uh, shuts all those people up and it's Mike McKenzie has a 700 winning percentage uh, as the head coach of the Kitchener Rangers around 700, give or take. Hey. Points. But hey. um, that's, that's another stat of the week is, Oh, you don't like it, but he has a 700 close to 700 winning percentage. So yeah, but you uh, know what it's like what, in those markets. What's too? your winning percentage? And exactly. so, shout out to Sean for, uh, but you know what, that. you know what those markets are like, you know what they're like there. Oh yeah, those, those markets. What do you do for me lately? But yeah, exactly. That's a good point. Yeah. So, all right, that is it. Four nothing Knights beat the Rangers on home ice uh, this past Saturday at the Bud. Wraps up our coverage for last week's featured game. Time for a break. When we come back, best part of the show, Bryce Montgomery joins the podcast. We'll chat all things him, all things London Knights things OHL um, and it'll be a little bit different we're not used to doing interviews mid-season with players anyways uh, so it'll be interesting we'll get a bit of 
a new a new string of questions going through because uh, we can actually chat about not off-season stuff. So uh, we will chat with Bryce Montgomery when we come back here on the Owen 60 podcast. This is the Owen 60. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at the Owen 60 pod for all the latest updates and news from around the OHL. Welcome back to the Own 60 podcast. I'm Reese Demaney along with Colin Ward. Make sure you follow us Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at the Own 60 podcast. We got the links up there for you uh, to our website, as well as any podcast platform uh, where you listen to your podcast uh, at the Own 60 podcast, uh, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And we're used to doing this during the off season. Uh, players a little more accessible uh, when there's no season going on at the time, but uh, we are very fortunate enough to be joined uh, by an awesome dude, a very good player uh, from the London Knights, Bryce Montgomery. Uh, Bryce, we really appreciate you doing this. How are you, man? Yeah, I'm doing pretty well. Thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. Yeah, we're yeah, excited no- for this one. It's going to be good. Um, you know, it, and as much as we can talk about uh, how good the start that your team has had right now, 13, 3, and 1, uh, you know, how do you feel about yourself to start this season? Uh, you know, coming back from Hurricanes camp, uh, that experience must have done a lot for you. But uh, in terms of your start here in the OHL this season, how do you feel about yourself? Yeah, personally, you know, very well. You know, I feel like every game is another stepping stone for me. You know, as this is my first season back after a year off of hockey. And mm-hmm. this kind of being my true first year in the OHL, kind of playing regular minutes and playing in every single game. It's uh, just definitely an experience. I'm still wrapping my head around and just soaking in every uh, minute of it. And, yeah, I think it's been a good start so far. And I just only want to keep going forward from here and staying consistent and just improving my game overall so yeah Bryce congrats on being drafted by Carolina really cool spot to be how was that preparing for the draft you mentioned that you're back finally playing a full season draft year obviously was unorthodox for you it how was that getting drafted that process for you and then finally hearing your name call it's got to be pretty relieving after the year that it was yeah, you know, I think the main thing I was kind of focused on throughout the entire year was just the draft, right? Like, it's your draft year. That's the the big thing you've been anticipating for your your whole life. And, and yeah, it was kind of tough for a majority of the year, just me not knowing what was going to happen just because I didn't play. And I was kind of back home training on my own and whatnot. And I kind of had to rely on two showcases to uh, kind of get my stock up and prepare to for the draft. And, you know, after a long year, just waiting that day with my parents and my family and finally uh, seeing my name caught up on the board. It was a pretty cool experience. And uh, it's definitely a moment I'll never forget for sure. So, Yeah, for sure. Do you have any uh, pre-talks, like pre-draft talks with Carolina? Like, do you have any idea? Because like, you hear those stories, right? Like, oh, I didn't hear this team and all of a sudden I hear my name. You get that shock. That's pretty cool to hear that. Do you have any of that at all? Yeah, you hear a lot of stories like that. But for me, it was funny. They're one of the only teams who didn't interview me. So I honestly, Carolina was not on my list at all. I was kind of waiting on some other teams to uh, pick me. So yeah, and then and then you hit the development camp. Any cool stories about development camp? I mean, you get around the NHL room, you get around the guys. Any cool stories? Any vets that kind of took you under their wing and uh, get to meet a little bit? Yeah, nothing too crazy. Just kind of just chatting with, uh, you know, the players on the team like Sneshikov, uh, Aho, Ethan Bear, um, Slavin, guys like that. And definitely just talking to Rob Brennamore too, just the type of leader he is. And <laughs> just kind of seeing how he goes about his things and how he expects us to conduct ourselves <laughs> too. So, yeah, yeah they're, 
and we were talking and we were talking off air about this, but that guy's absolutely jacked. That picture in the bubble, that really yeah. makes you want to hit the gym hard. You know? yeah. I mean, like, he comes yeah. in the room and you just throw a shirt off. Yeah, you, you would think he's on the team from seeing that, but no, he's, he's just he's <laughs> the coach. So it's, it's funny, though. And he's, def- he's a player's coach. You know, he, he makes you want to battle for him day in, day out. And that's the type of coach and the type of motivator he is. So. Yeah. What's the biggest piece of advice you took away from him? Biggest piece of advice, I think, is just staying. He said one thing. He said, you know, you can be great one night and bad another night, but a coach can't trust you. He's not going to know how you're going to play. And it's the most important thing is to be consistent in your game and be consistent to the point where the coaches know what to expect from you and you know what to expect from yourself and knowing what you're going to get out of yourself and being consistent. It's not just on the ice, but off the ice and how you prepare each day for the season and just, yeah, being consistent. So. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And is there that guy in the NHL that, for the listeners, that you would say you model your game after? Yeah, I wouldn't say I specifically model my game after anybody, but I definitely I look at a lot of pieces of different players that I want to yeah. implement into my game. So, it's like, defensively, I love, like, Pareko and Brandon Carlo and just the type of D-man they are. And then I, I really love the way uh, Brett Burns and Seth Jones play, how they play the game. And I tried it. I want to start implementing more stuff from uh, their game as well. But overall, I just like watching a lot of different defensemen in the league. And uh, even Petrangelo, too. I love a guy like him and how he plays the game and how he can be trusted in every situation, too. And that's kind of what I want to end up kind of transforming my game into. So, And you're certainly doing that so far on the season, Bryce. And it was funny because you actually got to see Seth Jones pretty close and you got to see a marathon game with your well, former foodie in the bubble that multiple overtime game that that's insane i mean for a defenseman to play that many minutes that's got to be crazy i mean to do that so that's definitely a good one and all the good players there for sure carlo too big fan of carlo so underrated yeah exactly really underrated he's just a shutdown guy he he can make really good plays too you know so yeah yeah for sure and being from maryland bryce how how much knowledge did you have about the london knights pre-draft and because you were committed to pro believe and what the London Knights in the OHL how much knowledge did you have about the Ontario Hockey League in general before making a decision to come over to the London Knights yeah well growing up as, as an American you know we're not really yeah. thinking about the OHL yeah. at all yeah know? and so, that's what I was wondering because like you don't see that a lot yeah like growing up my majority of my youth career it was all focused on college right like when nobody's thinking about the OHL and whatnot but the London Knights was a team I did know about just because they're the London Knights and it's if you yeah. play hockey yeah. you should know who the London Knights are but you know <laughs> yeah. I didn't really get I didn't really go into I didn't really realize how big of an NHL producing factory they were until I went to camp and really got a grasp of how legit they were in their track record but uh yeah, you know, because of that and because of just meeting uh, the coaches and seeing how they conduct themselves, I thought it was the best, you know, place for me. And I, I didn't want to just – I wanted to play hockey and I wanted hockey to be kind of a primary thing for me. And I thought that was the best way for me to develop as a hockey player. And obviously, I'm not saying don't go to school because school is very important. <laughs> you know, I still I still very, care about my education a lot. But I think uh, – I still believe this is the best uh, – way for me to develop into a pro hockey player so yeah yeah well well, I think that's an underrated statement there about you know as much as the Canadian 
kids here in Ontario focused on oh, OHL than NHL. That's what I'm focused on. I really, I really like that you said that education is one of the most important things because, um, you know, for Colin and I, we, we were baseball guys growing up. And I remember going to a camp at uh, Wayne State University in Michigan uh, in Detroit and Curtis Granderson saying um, school should be first, sports should be second, because uh, when you get to a certain level, you become a student athlete and student is before athlete. So um, to, the, the fact that you said that is uh, that's awesome to hear that, you know, guys at uh, at the level you play at with the Ontario Hockey League, having, um, you know, that OUA kind of partnership uh, together. But for you, obviously, with the NCAA being so huge in the States, uh, it's really good to hear that. Um, yeah. uh, just that's awesome to hear. Yeah. 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 You know, yeah. Exactly. Uh, yeah, but... for sure. And Bryce, how much would you say, I mean, to be a lot of night, how much does that mean to you? I mean, how much has Dale, Dylan, and Rick helped your game out, period, since you've been there? Yeah, just honestly, I feel like I'm such a different player than I was when I first came there. Like, I feel like I was really raw when I first arrived on the scene at the Bud, and now I kind of know how you're supposed to play the game as a pro and as an NHL hockey player. I feel like I know a lot of just more different facets on just, you know, how to play the game and how to play the right way and what's going to bring you championships and what's going to bring you success. And I think a lot of that has to do with the coaches, them talking to me daily video and learning how the pros play and, and seeing even the old alumni skate in the summer too and that stuff. But yeah, I think they've helped a ton and a lot of it's been on video, a lot of online stuff and just, you know, game situations and actually learning in the moment, you know, how to play and even learning from mistakes too like I've had plenty of mistakes that have led to goals of pretty bad moments and I've had a lot of success too but I think it's just it's helped it's been helping me a lot just being in that atmosphere playing in front of the butt every night in front of thousands of fans and uh, yeah it's been uh, it's been great so yeah for sure and then you also play a little bit of forward in your rookie season Bryce how much did that change your development because you had a pretty cool story about that off there so for the listeners it's a pretty good one what went into yeah. that one yeah, I showed up on the scene one day. We were playing Flint, and uh, I, I don't know where I saw my name on the board that I was playing for it that night. Uh, Seti came up to me, let me know, put me through the uh, the four check, and you know, and it really was it was awesome. I got to see what it's like being a Ford. You know, and funny story. I actually played two years of Ford back when I was twelve or thirteen or thirteen or fourteen. But just playing it at this level was definitely something different for sure. Yeah. The, first thing, yeah. the first thing I noticed is that I'm skating a lot more than I do as a defenseman. So it's free gas, <laughs> sure. But yeah, it was awesome. From 30, like, from 30 to 20, eh? From 30 to 20 seconds now. Seriously. <laughs> 30 to 20. That's exactly right. But uh, yeah, just being, being on forward for six or seven games was pretty cool. And uh, yeah, I got to learn how what it's like being a forward. And I got to kind of take that, you know, take that viewpoint and kind of take it back to my defensive standpoint. And yeah, I think it's helped me a lot. And I think it's kind of helped my offensive abilities too. So. Yeah, for sure. And then OHL draft, OHL draft day this past season, your brother, Blake Montgomery, you kind of welcome to the Knights, a classic video gets selected in the ninth round by a lot of Knights. For those who don't know, Blake Montgomery, the brother of Bryce Montgomery. Bryce, how was that? Welcome to the team. Did you have any idea? Yeah, I actually I had a hunch kind of the whole uh, the whole summer. I, I had a pretty good good hunch because they were kind of looking at him a lot on video, and they really liked his game too. And you know, there's no doubt in my mind, my brother can play for the London Knights. He's a really good player, and he's got yeah. a 
ton of potential too, just like I did. And uh, yeah, I uh, yeah, it was it was awesome for me to welcome him into the uh, the team. And yeah, you know, he's, it's not a hundred percent that he'd come here. You know, he's still an American kid too. You know, he yeah, he still has caught on the table, but like. I wouldn't be surprised maybe if one day he ended up wearing a lot of Knights jerseys. You know, it'd be pretty cool too for two brothers to be a part of a lot of Knights. And, you know, maybe at the same time too, that that could be pretty cool too. But uh, yeah, for yeah, sure. yeah, it's definitely awesome for uh, for that to uh, be shared by us. So Yeah. How, yeah, how much do you guys long. still like bounce ideas off each other? Like how much do you talk hockey? Is it like, it's got to be a regular thing. Oh, not at all. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> it's, it's 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 funny actually. We uh, he's still a little brother. Huh? Yeah, like we we train us like I scared them all. The, we train all summer together. We had to too because of COVID. But like yeah. he, uh, yeah, we don't really. It's funny now that you say that because we actually never like give each other points. Like, oh, do that, do that. It's just kind of like we just we play, we we battle, and right. you know we try to compete with each other on a daily basis. But yeah, it's kind of. Yeah, we don't really talk about that. I don't think we're that type of uh, brotherly group. (laughs) (laughs) It's just kind of, look at this, look at this highlight, look at that. Oh, that was... Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the usual. And uh, also, we got a a couple questions in, and I know you know these two very closely. Bryce, uh, first from Billy Sullivan, you know him well. He has a question for you about the time you guys first met. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, uh, it was after a uh, Team Maryland game. I get a word. I get the word from my coach. He's a goal. An OHL scout, scout wants to talk to me from London. I'm like, oh, like awesome. Like I uh, ended up going outside. I met him. We met each other. I met him, and uh, he gave me his card. And yeah, ever since then, he's been a very close friend of mine. And he was one of the main me, one of the main reasons I uh, ended up going to the London Knights. And yeah, it's it's uh, been pretty cool from there. So, yeah, right on, his selling point. Uh, Honestly, the selling point was, well, first of all, I love this game. And we we both thought, you know, I have pro potential as a hockey player. And I we both agreed, agreed on that. My family agreed on that. And we thought, you know, if I want to really make this like a living for me and do the best I can with it, you know, London would be an unreal option for me. And it's not every day you get a ticket to play for the London Knights. And I thought that this is something I didn't take. I regret it, you know, and honestly, I haven't regretted it one bit and I'm uh, thrilled to be a part of the team and the organization. So. Yeah. And Billy, if Billy's after you, you gotta be good because I don't think I've ever met a more passionate hockey mind in my life. I mean, he's passionate. He's real, like he's really engaged and he's a sharp guy. It's hard to fool Billy Sullivan. That's for sure. A really good guy. Um, also, yeah. we, have another qu- we have another question from a guy, you know, a teammate, your captain, Luke Evangelista. He wants to know who the better dancer is in warm-ups. Oh, man, Lukey? Oh, no. No way he thinks he's better. That's he just said – he just said – yeah, he, he he actually told me, though, that you're the better dancer. He'll give it to you. So, uh, he better give it to me. He knows I'm a better dancer. But uh, honestly, though, he, he's actually – he's got rhythm. I've seen him dance a few times in the locker room and warm-ups. He, He's one of the guys on the team who has rhythm too, so I got to give that to him. But like, yeah, hands down, no, we know who's a better dancer. So, so here's your chance. Who would you say the worst is? Oh, the worst dancer on the team. 
I'm not gonna lie. We we have some pretty bad dancers on the team. Like it's <laughs> so it's like a top five option. Then. Yeah, but I don't judge them at all. Though I just I want to see you dance. Like if you can just throw in a move and look stupid, it doesn't matter. Like we don't judge at all. But like yeah, exactly. I think that I think the people who won't dance, they're the ones who are probably the worst. But I'm not gonna call any call anybody out. But uh, <laughs> I like that. I like that. Yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, you know. <laughs> all right, all right. Then uh, how's Brett Bro's shoe or Brody Crane? Yeah, yeah, a couple shows. <laughs> we got, we got to put those two in. We got to hear no. this. No, <laughs> I, I don't think I've ever seen Crane do one dance. It's funny because we're literally supposed to dance in warm ups. Everybody's supposed to do something. I don't think I've seen Crane <laughs> just there. One dance. <laughs> yeah, he hasn't done anything. Brochu though, I've seen him try to. He's done a little. He's, he's thrown in some moves after the uh, wins and stuff like that. He can get it. He, he he's trying to. Uh, He's a he's gamer, to, right? Yeah, he's been trying to throw in a little dance moves here and now. But, yeah, I think Bros is definitely uh, valid in that sense. But not a lot of rhythm. But he can still kind of get down. So, yeah. So, now that we're in the new season, I like to ask this question. It's a lighter question. And for the listeners, they don't quite know this. But who do you say the biggest prankster in the room is for the one nights? Last so – pre-COVID, it was Ryan Merkley. But I want to know about this year. That's a – we had McMichael uh, – Brochu and Luke on, and they all said uh, Ryan Murphy pre-COVID. So who is it now? Yeah, that's actually good. Does that have to be a player? Well, could it be? It can. Be, uh, player you... wise, player wise, probably. Uh, that's a good question. Uh, it I, seems I like you guys have a really good room, so there's got to be somebody oh, fun. We have a great room. That's one of the things about our team. Like we're we're so like. We got a tight knit group, and it just—I think we're—I've never been a part of a funnier team. <laughs> like we're really—we yeah. got a funny—we got a funny group of guys, and it's hard too because, like, you know, before game times, it's like, all right, guys, we got to focus. Like, come on, but yeah, yeah, I think prankster-wise, I think uh, I think Sean McGurn, probably. Oh wow! I think he's probably the prankster on the team, more of a jokester though. But uh, yeah, we don't have huge prank guys though. But I'd probably give yeah. it to Sean McGurn or Max McHugh maybe. One of those two. But, uh, yeah, McGurn. Yeah, McGurn's had a heck of a start too, as well. McGurn's been really good for you guys. So I like that <laughs> bringing him up because we mentioned before we mentioned before this interview, Sean McGurn, one of the most uh, underrated players right now in the league. McGurn's been really good, so I'm glad yeah. you bring that up. And also, yeah. we mentioned about the pregame warm up. That's the off ice dancing. I mean, it's been around if, for media. They've known this about you guys because. They've stopped, but before the gates open, you guys have a good time in your pregame warm-up, the music blasting in the concourse. So that's where the dancing comes from there. Not on the- exactly. But yeah. exactly. But, yeah, that's a good time for sure. Bryce, who would you say your uh, biggest influence on your hockey career is so far? Yeah, um, you know, it has to be my parents, you know, just, you know, my mom and my dad, they do so much for me. And, you know, they've made a lot of sacrifices to me throughout their lives. And, you know, my dad has a hot hockey background too, you know, so he kind of, yeah. he's been a kind of a coach for me throughout my life. And uh, my mom, believe it or not, she, she has no hockey background, but she, she could probably coach a hockey team. She, she's learned a lot about hockey throughout the years, just from watching me and my brother. And I actually talked to her a lot just about my game and she, she actually gives pretty good f- feedback for being a basketball player. Nice. So it's pretty cool. Yeah. We'll have to have her on because we see her on our Twitter all the time. 
let her post you in suits and stuff. We'll have to, ha- we'll have, to have her on. We'll have to have her on. Well, maybe yeah. like the Owen 60 scouting reporter, like off ice yeah. coach or something. Yeah, Coach's corner. Active. We'll call it Coach's corner. It'll be good. It'll be good. Yeah, she's active on Twitter for sure. She loves that. So you, you'll right. definitely see her on there a, a ton. So. Yeah, we appreciate that. Um, yeah. Bryce, two more questions for me. Uh, what is your favorite road arena to play in? Yeah. If I want a night to get a few. Pardon me? Because with the London night with the London nights, you get a few fun places to play in, some fun uh, atmospheres oh, yeah. for sure on the road. Oh yeah, no question. Like personally, I love playing in Flint. I just love their arena and I love going away to the States too for a change. Yeah. But uh I love Flint and I don't know if I like the other ranks. Any other ranks? I love that answer. I love that answer. I love that answer. That's a great answer for sure. And Flint's done a yeah. really nice job upgrading their facilities as well. I love that answer. That's respectable. I like yeah. that. Chris. Well, like, it kind of sucks too, right? Not being seeing those East buildings. Like, I mean, we're big fans of the Meridian Center in Niagara. We think that's a really nice barn. I mean, I love that Hamil- barn. That, that, um, that's what that was another barn I love, but we don't play them at all this year. So Hamilton, like, too. Hamilton, I like. I love. I love all the East. Yeah, you just said it. I love all Mississauga. The East <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm thinking all. I'm thinking of all the Western teams. I don't like any of them. I'm going. All. Yeah, <laughs> look at the rivalries. I mean, you go to Erie and you hear "Sweet Caroline." They change the. They change the lyrics on you guys. Like, I think that's pretty rude. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That was. <laughs> that was fun environment. Else, yeah, fun environment yeah. for sure. My final yeah. question here for you, Bryce. Any kids listening to this sh- to this show? Uh, what would you say they want to be in your shoes? What would you say to them? Any advice you would give them? Yeah, you know, I, I, I just say, you know, I think the in, the in focus shouldn't just be the destination, but the journey, you know, like you got to take it one day at a time, you know, and obviously while keeping your vision in the back of your head, still focus on every day and what it's going to take to get there and kind of just enjoying it, you know, and it's a process and, just enjoy the journey. You know, it's a hell of a journey. This is your life and don't take it too seriously, but you know, work hard and just kind of just take it day by day and just, you know, love what you do. You know, So. Yeah. yeah. And, and for sure. And you know that, I mean, quite frankly, in your career, you know what it takes and that's a really good uh, advice for anyone listening to the show. Thanks Bryce. Appreciate yeah. that. Yeah. And you, well, I mean, you talk about the journey here and you had to finish this off. Um, back to London 13, three and one, like I mentioned off the top to start the year. Um, how do you feel about your team's journey right now? Because uh, the pace that you're on 27 points through 17 games, it seems like you guys can accomplish a lot this year. Yeah. You know, we, uh, despite us, despite our success, you know, as a team and, and the coaches know too, we still have to be on top of our game every day mm-hmm. and show up to the rank every day with the same attitude and, yeah, it's still a long season and we still have a job to do and we're still enjoying every minute of it too. We're still having fun, but at the same time, we're still going to work and, and do what we do and, uh, yeah, just try to win as much as possible and uh, get better while doing it and become better on the ice and off the ice as well. So, Well, that's what it's all about, right? You got to have fun uh, with what you love to do. And, uh, yeah. you know, it, it, it's exceptional to have you on here. It was exceptional to watch you play uh, the last couple of games against the Kitchener Rangers. You guys absolutely dominated them uh, Saturday and Sunday. So that was uh, really enjoyable to watch. And uh, it was really enjoyable to have you on here, Bryce. So we really appreciate you doing this. And uh, yeah, thanks so time. much. 
Yeah, awesome. I really appreciate you guys having me on. This is the Owen 60. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at the Owen 60 pod for all the latest updates and news from around the OHL. Welcome back to the Owen 60 podcast. I'm Reese Demaney along with Colin Ward. Again, huge thank you to Bryce Montgomery for joining us here on the show. Now to the headlines. We can't really call us Saturday headlines like they do in Hockey Night in Canada. Tuesday night headlines. Tuesday night headlines. I like that. Yeah. That'll be our thing. I gotta think of I gotta think I gotta think of something like oh like something that's not them. Something that's us. Yeah. You know? I think something that's us. What would be yeah. cool? We had the captain, obvious keys elite. We had the driving report. A lot of bad drivers this week. Yeah. That's for sure. I, it's unfortunate not, we don't drive to the studio you, anymore. That was a fun five minutes to start. Remember how, remember how fired up we would be pulling up beside each other and windows I down. I could, we could just, and I do this a lot because I'm a blonde, but as you know, I have a lot of blonde moments. But like, I'd be rolling my window down until I get into the car. i rolling my window down. Guess what this driver did? Guess what this driver did? Blah, blah, blah. But I miss those. But yeah, there were some yeah. bad drivers coming home eh, on Saturday. From the featured game, there were yeah. a couple that yeah, I got cut off. Bad. I got cut off by Alexis with no signal. So if that's you and Alexis coming home, over the Putnam, <laughs> yeah, by the Putnam wave scales there and the Putnam, uh, yeah, not your biggest fan right now. Thanks for cutting yeah. me off there. Uh, Saturday night in the rain, getting cut off, not fun, but yeah. Mm-hmm. At least it didn't snow. I'll give it, a, yeah, I'll give it a six out of ten driving report this week. It was decent around the league. Yeah. We'll see what Saturday. We'll mine, see what Saturday mine was is. worse going to the uh, the lot in Ingersoll than coming back. Yeah. Because, you know, we had an accident on the other side of the 403 going towards Brantford. Of course, I was going towards Woodstock. Yeah. The... Of course, everybody in my lane <laughs> slow down and watch. And Why? for no particular reason, there's no emergency vehicles on our <laughs> side at all. This happened on the other side, like towards the far ditch. And Oh, you got the emergency vehicles there. The like six lanes over. Like, why are we slowing down? It makes no, we're slowing exactly. down to 70 in a hundred. Exactly. Why? Like, why? Gross. It has nothing to do with them. Come yeah. On. It has nothing to do with them. Yeah. I get, I honestly, I get worried about this every single night about a uh, bad driver, which I see during the day. Yeah. It's fired up. Then I get to come out here and give a driver's report like once a month. But yeah, there's a lot of stories. Go there's, drive. There's, <laughs> Um, all right, to those, whatever we're going to call this segment in the future, uh, the headlines the whatever. for the week, the, <laughs> the, news, the whatever news segment, the whatever news segment, we'll sit little, on it, like we'll the bits and it. bites, like the bits and bites, you know, we just take a little bit of that, a little bit of that, put it together, you get a bit. Of Tuesday's bits and bites. Yes. Yes. Ooh, there we go. 0-60. Eh? Yeah, I like that. That's a by good the, one. By the way, I have to, I give a knuckle yeah, through the right camera. On, right on. Um, by the way, I have to chirp Colin Ward. Okay. I've had season tickets since I was five. Budweiser Gardens has dipping dots. Man, I had <laughs> hey, I had no idea they had dipping dots there. I mean, I don't know. I'm kind of into dipping dots. You're a big Dippin' Dots guy, though. Oh, there's man. First time I ever had those was at uh, Kalahari in Sandusky, Ohio, or just outside of it. Oh, Dip it. Ooh. yeah, big man, fan. Dad used, I used to look forward to going to games in the states to get those uh, Dippin' Dots. Yeah, like in, they used to give them the packages at the movie theater, right? Eh? 
Yeah. You remember you used to get the spoon that was like, just oh, yeah. the, it was, it was so terrible. Small. It was so yeah. bad. And like my hands would like break the bag and spill it all it would over take the you, place. It would take you 20 minutes to eat a damn bag of dipping Dots. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's you just do the drink. All in your mouth. Exactly. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Middle of the movie, you just hear the plastic. Uh, yeah. Um, but yeah, but time yeah. for Tuesday's Bits and Bites. I'm going to call them dipping Dots one day. <laughs> Bits and bites, dips and dots, dips and dots. <laughs> Good one, Colin. Good one, oh you blonde. Oh, uh, we'll start with the trades. Um, three trades this week. Uh, William Porticalis goes to Owen Sound for a 2024 12th round pick uh, from Mississauga. And well, I feel kind of bad for William because Mississauga is on a roll. Not that Owen Sound is Owen bad Sound's at all, but but. Oh, Mississauga, they're the hottest team in the Ontario Hockey League right now. Uh, but for Owen Sound to get William Portacalis, I mean, you know, when you have to go up and compete against London, you got to start building. And I think Portacalis is a pretty good piece to get. Yeah, Portacalis is pretty good. You just got to work on the skating a little bit, kind of a choppy skater, but a good player for sure. He had a few points on the in his debut weekend so that's pretty yeah. good to see that but yeah just to work on the skating a little bit but yeah definitely a good player good trade i mean 12th round pick in 2024 right you're not really giving up it's a low risk high reward so you yeah. can get a possible 50 to 60 point guy out of port of Calis for a 12th round pick hey that's high upside right that's probably the max potential yeah. you'll get obviously you might get more than that and it's hard to make a potential chart on somebody but port of Calis is a good player just has to work on his skating a little bit but Gonna put up points for them for sure. He's in a good spot. They need that third line. They need a third line forward in Owen Sound. Obviously, congrats, Gavin Bryant's been centering the second line yeah. in that left side of the faceoff dot. The left side he takes the draws, right side Cedric Kundan. But uh he's been good on the second line, Gavin. And uh yeah, it's a good pickup to get some depth on that third line for sure. Good trade for Owen Sound. Trade number two, and I know we're gonna get into this, get into it about this one. Um Liam Van Loon, Niagara wins the sweepstakes for him. Yeah. But um, they give up I an eighth-round pick to the Hamilton Bulldogs in 2024. Yeah, and I know there's people with no names on Twitter just call it, mentioning teams and deals and stuff, but it, they're on Twitter for a reason. They're hiding behind a yeah. phone. Yeah, again, but, we don't know if there was actually a sweepstakes but, for him or a contest for him, but – But for what I – for an eighth round pick in 2024, Liam Van Loon. I mean, it was kind of odd that Niagara did this move. It was kind of like you kind of got the feeling that Niagara did this move so other teams couldn't, you know? Yeah. Because they do that a fair bit. They will make that trade a fair bit, Niagara. Mm-hmm. And that's nothing, there's nothing wrong with that. But trading with emotions is kind of risky at times. And the Niagara Ice Dogs are not having a really good start. You could say they had a good start, but their last 10, 15 haven't been great. One and nine in their last 10. Exactly. Five and 12 right now in the season in 17 games. I mean, it's not, it's nothing spectacular. I mean, they're not having a great start. I was surprised they did this. In my opinion, I think this move is is a short-term move. Obviously, I don't like to put speculation out there. And I don't like to say that about players getting moved and stuff. They don't like to do that, but. I don't think it's a long-term move. I think it's a move for Joey Burke to acquire assets at the deadline. Yeah. Maybe trying to save it right now for the next month, because we mentioned it last week, the 19th was on Friday. 
December 19th is the holiday break. You got to know if you're a buyer or a seller before the 19th, because coming out of the break is basically the trade deadline. It's like five games for the trade deadline. Those five games, you're not really going to change too much. You got about 10 rate. You got about 10 games right now to change that big difference. So we'll see what happens, but I think it's a move that's a short term. Let's be honest, Reese. Liam Van Loon at the trade deadline might get a higher valued pick if he plays well. So that I think, in my opinion, I think that's the move. And I just think it was a move to outbid teams. I don't know, but I don't really trust people on Twitter without a name. I I agree hundred percent. I mean, I, at the time of this trade, it was, in my opinion, I've seen this before is you get older guys on the team. We've complained about this with the wings for years. Now that Iserman's in charge, it's not happening. Yes. You, you, Good get point. The, you get these veterans in and this is nothing against Liam Van Loon. I think he, I think he's a good hockey player. I think he's going to teach guys like Pano Femis and Aiden Castle a lot, but thank you for saying this. Exactly. You, you are clogging spots for the future of the Niagara ice dogs and mm-hmm. w- where the ice dogs are right now. You mentioned it. Like we talked about it last week, the 19th of December. They're lost right now. They're a lost group yeah. right now, quite frankly. Yeah. The 19th of December is you got to know. You got to know before that day. And with the ice dogs being where they are again, me still thinking that they could surprise some teams slip into that seventh or eighth spot. But right now they're not even close to being in ninth and they sit three points back. Uh, They're in 10th right now in the East, but they they don't even look close to making the playoffs right now. And this is, this is the season for the ice dogs we're not expecting them to compete for a championship. Anyone who expected the ice dogs to compete for a championship is out in la la land out in like bizarreville. Like it's makes no sense at all. So from a development (laughs) still, you're just mouthing names right now. Um, From a development standpoint, as a franchise, this is a move that makes absolutely no sense at all. And yeah, Again, nothing against Liam move, Van Loon. Like he's won a championship, obviously as a rookie, so not the most playing time that you'd like to have on a championship team. But to still experience that definitely helps you later down uh, in your career. But for the Ice Dogs to go out and do this, and whether or not it was to make sure no one else gets him, or maybe they are just going to move him at the deadline. We don't know what's going to happen, but. This is valuable ice time that you're taking away from some of those younger guys where if you're going to compete for a championship in two years, the guys who aren't playing right now or are having limited ice time because of this, you're not going to compete in two years for a championship. You may be competing in three because it'll take that extra year because you took ice time away from them this year. And that's, that's, that's the way I feel. I don't like the trade at all. Yes, 100%. I agree with you 100% on this, Reese. We were talking about this all day when it happened on Thursday. We were talking about this all day about the trade. We were against it. And I'm not going to – I don't mention player names. I don't do that. But there was there was somebody that is in their draft here that was a healthy scratch since the move. I don't know how much that helps. I mean, the player's been struggling, and I don't know how much that helps a player's confidence very much. I mean, in my opinion, and obviously this is a judgment call, not everybody's the same, but my opinion with the situation that you're in, I would, this is what I would do. And obviously it doesn't matter, but what I would do is I would put that player. I want that young player playing. I mean, I want yeah. that draft credibility. I want that draft credibility for my franchise, my organization. I want that player to develop. because I want to win a championship in two years. Yeah. I don't, 
I like what you said, Reese. I agree one hundred percent. I don't really get the move. We'll see. I that's why I think that's why I think it's a move at the deadline. I honestly because what else could it be? You have five healthy scratches yeah. a game, right? None are injuries. Yeah, yeah. So it's kind of odd, in my opinion. I don't. Although like... I can confirm Thursday night, Landon Cato did not play because of strep. I can confirm that. Yes, yeah, anyone right. out there wondering? Yeah, but um, yeah. Uh, again, Liam Van Loon to the Ice Dogs, eighth round pick, uh, goes back to Hamilton. Final move. Uh, it took a while for this to actually happen. Um, again, that's why you go by false speculation. Out. Um, exactly. Matt Guzda goes to the Barry Colts from the Owen Sound Attack in exchange for a 2023 fifth round pick and a 2023 third round pick. Um, all right. Marty Williamson, he knows what's going on. He, he's You're going to see it happen now in Barry. They've got their oh, leadership yeah. group ready to go. They've now got their goaltender. Watch out for the Colts. It's, it's going to start to happen. It, it looks like it's shaping up to be a Mississauga Barry uh, chase for that division title as of right now. Yeah, well, when you look where you look where they are, Barry. Actually, I should point. mention the North Hamilton. Bay Battalion right now. Yeah, North Bay. Yeah, so North nice three-team race in that Central Division. Yeah, and the big thing that helps Barry is they have those three games in hand on North Bay. North Bay with twenty-five points right now and nineteen games played. Mm-hmm. Barry, Barry, sixteen games played, eighteen points. So sixteen games played. Mississauga's played sixteen with twenty-two points. They're on a roll right now. Barry's got to stay within that. They yeah. got to stay within that there because they got to stay within the race because Oshawa has 17, Sudbury has 15, and 19 games played for Sudbury in eighth place. Oshawa in seventh with 16 games played. So the same amount of games played, 17 points for Oshawa. It's going to be interesting for sure. And that Marty Williamson, you knew he was going to take that step forward. Here we go. Here we go. Okay. Right? Yeah, because who knows fun. how much longer you're going to have Brant Clark. That, that, like, that's your and superstar. Also, that gets butts in seats right now uh, if you're the Barry Colts. People coming to see Brant Clark. And also, you look at what 17 games played right now in ninth place with 13 points. The Peterborough Peach, who just got Mason McTavish yeah, back. Great point. How do we, Mason McTavish is back. He's a 50-goal scorer, in my opinion, still. Yeah. It's tough because you're going to miss that month with World Juniors. You're going to miss a lot of time, but I, at least 30 goals. He's going to yeah. fill pucks with nets. That's for sure. Yeah, well, I'm, 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 I mentioned it. I can't believe I forgot North Bay. That's embarrassing. Uh, you got oh, the yeah. North Bay Battalion, Mississauga Steelheads, Barry Colts. Three goaltenders are Joe Verbetic, Roman Bazarin, and Matt Kuzda. Yeah. I don't think you have a better goaltending division in the OHL right now when you have those three in one division. Obviously, yeah, Brett no. Brochu makes up for a lot of the weaknesses in the Midwest division. Yeah, <laughs> but, but no. Um, no. The, 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 like the West division, these, no. These three teams, have they've got it in net. And that's, yeah, that's why this race is going to be so much fun. Oh, big time. And yeah, it's going to be a fun race and Barry's going for it. So yeah. they made that clear right away. Barry, Barry was one of the teams in the East that made it clear. Oh, yeah. Barry Hamilton, there were teams there that made a it clear. A lot of people picked them to win it. the division anyway. So yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. I mean, even like Tucker Tynan's still relevant. He's still a good goaltender, even though Niagara's not getting points. Like yeah. I still, I still put him in that category to make the central division, the best goaltending division. Right. So yeah, he's, Hey, he's won them some games. Tucker Tynan. I was sure. going to say, Tynan's these games could have really been a busy. lot worse if it wasn't. Tucker Tynan's been, been very busy. Yeah, Tynan's been yeah. very busy this year. Tynan's been really good. Yeah, I agree. All right, on to 
the suspensions. Uh, yeah, we have a few, we have three this week. Yeah, matching the amount of trades. Navrin Mutter, suspension number one. Uh, two games for a blindside hit against Peterborough on Thursday, eligible to return on the 27th of November when they host the Kingston Front Max, the day before our featured game in Mississauga. Um, yeah, that's going to be a battle. That's unfortunate for Hamilton because I think they have a lot invested in Navrin Mutter. I think that's why Liam Van Loon was the one to go and not him. Obviously, I think Mutter's worth a little bit more, so teams may not be willing to give so. that up yet. But, uh, yeah, Navrin Mutter is very, very valuable uh, to this Hamilton Bulldogs club. So it's really unfortunate that they're going to miss him uh, for two games coming up uh, this week, uh, Thursday against Niagara. And then, uh, and of course, yeah. Yeah, back Saturday for Kingston. Yeah, I totally had a – I'm like, oh, they no. play Friday. Oh, good. Like, but, no, um, yeah, Thursday, Thursday, Saturday, Sunday. Yeah. Sunday in Oshawa. Yeah. Saturday home to Kingston and Thursday in Niagara. But uh, fun one. Suspension number two. And we don't know what's going on with this one. Uh, Dylan Robinson of the Ottawa 67s has been suspended indefinitely for his check to the head uh, in Sudbury. And, of course, more than likely, half an hour before this gets released, we're going to have a verdict on what his suspension actually is. 100%. But, uh, um, that's not good. That is not good at all. Not good. Not good, eh? No. No, it isn't. Yeah. Not good at all. But, yeah. That was a rough game, though. That was a rough game Friday. In, uh, yeah, it was. That was a rough one. There's a lot of stuff going on in that game for sure. And suspension number three, Jacob Frasca, the Barry Colts, gets two games for his slash on Saturday at home against the Niagara Ice Dogs. Frasca will return on the 28th in Sudbury. So it's kind of your rundown on suspensions. We don't like to spend too much time on them, but I uh, feel like it's something that isn't talked about at all. Um, it is up on the OHL website. If you go under media notes, you can see all the suspensions and trades. But uh, yeah, just kind of. There will be a couple new ones that will come out eventually, probably before we even release this. There yeah. will be a couple out for sure from that game in Sudbury. Mm-hmm. So keep an eye out for that one. Keep an eye out too on our Twitter as well. Social media will be all over that too. Oh, yeah. At the Owen 60 podcast. Um, all right. Uh, last one before we get to our final segment uh, Player of the Week goes to Brandon Coe of the North Bay Battalion. Yeah, very good week for Coe. Coe had a good week. He deserves it. And uh, it's nice to see North Bay getting the credit they deserve finally. Because I've honestly, I've been a huge fan of North Bay. I'm a big fan of Adam Dennis. I think he's the best young up-and-coming GM in in hockey, for that matter. I think he's unreal. I think he's a future pro-level GM. I mean, we saw Kyle Dubas go from, Sue St. Marie to the Marlies. I honestly, Adam Dennis is going right there with him. Adam Dennis is a really good general manager in the Ontario Hockey League. So, uh, good work out there. Co has 34 points on this or 33 points on the season. He's one behind Tucker Robertson and Peterborough with 34. Mm-hmm. So, one point back. Good player there. So, it'll be interesting to see. Yeah, Brandon Co, three goals, five assists, eight points over three games uh, for the battalion. Games they all won. So, and it'll be interesting to see how they keep building on as a team as well. Yeah. Because it will happen. Oh, for sure. There will be moves to be made. Absolutely. Um, also being considered for this award this week, Peterborough Pete's forward Tucker Robertson. 
uh, led all players with 10 points, four goals, six assists. In, uh, in three games, he climbed into the league scoring lead. Um, and then, of course, Windsor Spitfires winger Kyle McDonald. Very productive. Five goals, three assists, eight points. Uh, three consecutive multi-point efforts uh, for the Spitfires. So a good weekend for him. Uh, shout out to Luke Evangelista as well um, for the weekend and he also, had in those two games, also, eight points. Also, I want to shout out Josh Bloom quickly, show guest. I mean, four shorthanded goals on the season. Yeah. Not a big, not a big deal. Yeah. Incredible. Uh, yeah. Congrats to Josh too. I mean, really underrated player in the entire hockey. They mentioned Sean McGurn, Josh Bloom's right there too. Not a lot of talk about the Saginaw spirit. I really like their hockey club and I really like Josh Bloom's play. He's been really good. The Buffalo Sabres have a good pick there. For as dark as it might be, they had a really good player coming up. So that's a nice, that's a nice non top two round pick that they got, which is nice. Hopefully they can develop yeah. them even better. All right. OHL goaltender of the week, San Jose Sharks prospect, Ben Goudreau. And it was just a matter of time uh, until he got this honor. Record of 2-0-1 with a 1.97 goals against average. 942 save percentage. Oh, and uh, his first career OHL shutout. Yeah, right on for uh, Ben Goudreau. Very good week. He deserves it. A couple big wins. A couple big wins this week. Obviously a big one during the week. And, uh, that's what did it for him. I think he gets that win in in at home against London during the middle, during the week. I mean, it kind of sets a tone, right, for your weekend for Sarnia. They win that game. That's huge. You win that game at home against London, and a lot of people did not pick you to win that game. That's massive to win that game against a lot of Knights. So, uh, and he made it a couple of nice, really nice saves there, a couple of highlight real saves. So, congrats to Ben Goudreau. Well deserved. Yeah, and even though he didn't play Friday night, that momentum led into that game where they beat the Knights uh, at exactly. the HUD. So. Um, yeah, exactly. They played really good. Good. And Thornton's a really good backup as well. Yeah. Uh, Goudreau stopped 97 of 103 shots. <laughs> wow. That that. Faced. Yeah, that's 36 impressive. of those, by the way, um, were against the Knights. Yeah. On, uh, that's on impressive. So, um, also considered for this award, Roman Bazrin. Shocking. He played very well for the Mississauga Steelheads. Um, and then Joe Verbetic. Why not? Uh, he played outstanding for North Bay. So, um, which is actually hilarious because those two guys were previous OHL goaltenders of the week, the last two weeks. Yeah. Um, before Ben Goudreau. So, um, shout out to all three of those goaltenders for playing very well this past weekend. Uh, before we hit the break, a uh, couple of things that stood out to you in terms of, you know, players or teams, Colin. Yeah. So, a couple of, uh couple of first wins, Tavel, Volteri, and Flores getting their first uh, OHL yeah. wins. A couple two uh, Quinty Red Devil goalies having big weekends. And then Owen Flores having a bit, getting his first win. I mean, we talked about it a lot, Reese. It was a really cool talk. And it was great meeting Ryan Payat, talking, catching up with Mike Stubbs. Really cool chatting yeah. about, about the OHL. I mean, it's always nice to be able to talk to guys with credibility, right? So it was massive to chat with them and Owen Flores. Getting his first win, we mentioned about Brett Brochu, and a lot of fans were talking about it. They were wondering about when is Brett Brochu going to get that day off. And I mean, you see it all the time. We saw it. You saw it with Tyler Parsons. You saw it with Tyler Parsons. You saw it with a few guys where they just get tired in about January, February. So it's important to get these nights off before the Christmas break. And 
Ripper she gets a day off yes on Sunday afternoon in Kitchener. Owen Flores comes in and plays good. And really nice to see he made a really nice save. So congrats to those three guys getting their first. Yeah, well, Mike Stubb said it. I asked him, I go, what are your thoughts on Brochu playing so often? He goes, you know what? He loves it. And I really think that's all that matters. I'm like, I couldn't have agreed with him more. Like, he's a competitor. He goes, you've seen all the siblings he has. You know, you had him on the show. Like, it's, he just competes and that that's awesome to see. So, um, yeah, that's just kind of, yeah, it was nice to catch up with Mike Stubbs. Nice to meet Ryan sure. Payette. Um, by the way, I also have to give a huge shout out. Uh, to the man that helped uh, set up uh, this interview uh, with Bryce Montgomery, Alex Brown. You sent him the inter- you sent him the email oh, not very long after uh, after the game. Saw him down after. Yeah, no problem. I just talked to him. He's all good to go. Yeah, that was oh, okay, cool. all right. Yeah, that no, was really cool. To, yeah, big thank you to Alex Brown and the London Knights organization for having us there. I mean, it was pretty cool. At, yeah. And growing up, going to Knights games it's really special to finally like get your first media game there and uh, cover the team, cover the game. And yeah, it was really cool. And big thank you to London Knights, Alex Brown. Uh, yeah. Thanks for the interview. Thanks for having us. It was a great time and hopefully see you again soon. And on that note, we will break. When we come back, we will let you know where we will be this coming week for our featured game. So make sure you stick around as we wrap up the show next here on the own 60 podcast. This is the Owen 60. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at the Owen 60 pod for all the latest updates and news from around the OHL. Welcome back to the Owen 60 podcast. Reese Dumaney here along with Colin Ward. Final segment before we wrap and we'll let you know where we are this coming week. We will be at the Paramount Fine Food Center in Mississauga, Ontario. It is the Kingston Frontenacs visiting the Mississauga Steelheads on Sunday, November 28th. Two o'clock start. Make sure you stay tuned uh, on Twitter and Instagram at the Owen 60 podcast. Hopefully Joel can make the trip with us. Yeah. Should be good. Get the get the gang yeah. out for the game at uh, at the rink. So yeah. Well, well you know the chirps will be flying. You know the oh, chirps yeah. will be flying if uh, Hollywood Hayes is there. Hollywood Hayes, Hollywood Hayes, man, yeah. had a bit, had a big, uh, big, uh, podcast big showdown series. Yeah. A couple of big articles after not a big deal. Yeah. HL, uh, HL coverage now, not a big deal. Right. Yeah. Congrats, Joel. Hopefully see you out there Sunday. Pressure's on now. We said it on the show. So pressure's on now. It is. He's, if he's not there, like he's going to get people like in his DMS, like, where are you? Like, and- it's like that's worse than missing golf. Uh, you think? Yeah, no. I talked myself into that, didn't I? No, I talked myself isn't. into that. Damn. Call so, no, so and by by the way, uh Colin Ward is now referring to that blue <laughs> app with a bird on it as Tweeter. Um, <laughs> yeah, just so everyone's aware, Colin Ward during the break referred to Twitter as Tweeter. <laughs> yeah, we'll make sure to tag him on Twitter and well, Instagram. I'm like, did he just say Twitter? <laughs> Bad luck. Bad luck. Yes, I can oh, confirm. Man. I can confirm. I did say Twitter. Uh, it's been a day. It's been Have a day. day. It's Have been a day. day. Yeah, it's been a day. But it was a fun one today for sure. And yeah. the featured game Sunday, Kingston, Mississauga, Paramount Center will be there. 
Uh, Kingston's power play, my notes, Kingston's power play, fifth ranking, Mississauga second. That's a big one, but the big note for me is can, can Mississauga's power play turn around and start to pick it up a little bit? They're obviously red hot, but they got the last ranked power play right now, so obviously got to turn that around. Yeah. Think about how many more wins they would get if their power play was humming. Can you imagine? Because their penalty yep. kill is sick. Their penalty kill is nasty. But that if they can start scoring goals on the power play, look out. Because they have the weapons. Back Hardy, they have those guys. Del Bell Baloos, they have their guys there. So be careful. Del Bell Baloos is going to be in our name you know, bracket. You know I like saying that name. That break out, I, you, know, you know I said that name. I was going to say the Bergfist Holm, too. I love that name. But yeah, that was that was hilarious. The game I did. Yeah, the game I did for Niagara. Del Belbaloos is the one name I didn't have a problem with, which is hilarious. It flows. It flows. eh? Like you get to the Del Bell. Yeah, exactly. I love saying that name now. It's like Spiralia. It's like Spiralia. Yeah. Belbaloos. That's the new one for me. That's like my bugaboo. That'll get me, but it hasn't. I'm surprised it hasn't gotten me. But yeah, I was saying Mississauga. Mississauga's power play, they have to keep it up. They have to get it going. Uh, look out for that. Look out for the special teams. Kingston's penalty kill, ninth in the league. Obviously, would like to get that up. So be careful, obviously, for Kingston, too, on their power play. Watch out for that because that penalty kill is so aggressive for Mississauga. That 1-1-2 one, one, they run. That second forward, the one, then the other one behind them, likes to go up, too. They create a lot of two-on-one chances on shorthanded. They score a lot. So Thursday night, Reese first and in Niagara they can score on those two on ones yeah so heads up on that yeah uh well for the Mississauga Steelheads they've got all the momentum in the league right now in their last 10 they are 801 and one um of course if we're good at math which we're not but this one's pretty easy yeah Twitter um, tweeter 18 points in that stretch and they currently have 22 on the season 10 4 one and one uh for them Kingston Frontenacs, they will come into the week. Can't say the game. Both teams play. Uh, the Kingston Frontenacs come into the week 9-4-3 uh, on the season. 16 games played for them. Uh, 21 points. And uh, they are 5-2-3 and three in their last 10 games. So uh, when you get a situation with one of the hottest clubs in the Ontario Hockey League going up against probably the number one overall pick in next year's NHL draft, this upcoming NHL draft. Yeah, it's next year, 2022. Yeah. It's still 2021. But uh, yeah, it's, it's always going to be fun. And I hope, I hope there's a crowd. I really do get Shane right in the building. Like I really want to see fans come to that building. Um, oh, same here. So, like just to make the atmosphere a lot better. So um, if you're listening, go to Mississauga on Sunday because we'll be there. Yeah. Uh, the Kingston front. If you are say hi. Right. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Give us input. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it'll be the front and steel heads doing battle on Sunday, November 28th, two o'clock start at the Paramount fine food center. Make sure you stay tuned on Twitter and Instagram at the Owen 60 podcast. As we wrap, we have a shout out. Uh, he is the media guru for the, as Brantford Red Sox broadcasters, we are not very happy to say this. Yeah. He is the media guru for the 2021 IBL champion London majors um, all around good guy. Well, big time hooked us up Fire. final game of the year with equipment. That was sick. Oh, um, big time. Fiery guy too. Fiery guy. A lot of oh fire. yeah. <laughs> um, 
and if you've enjoyed a lot of his photos, um, you should follow him, Matt Hiscox. Um, yeah, of course, takes photos for the London Knights as well, takes photos for the London Majors, and he is good at his job. Yeah, and on the graphic, graphic yeah. picture of Bryce Montgomery, that's all. Uh, Matt Hiscox, and uh, you can follow his Instagram, Hiscox Photography, on Instagram. So it's all lowercase. So follow yeah. him on Instagram. Some really cool picture. You got to get a picture of uh, Owen Flores after his first win in London, probably in, in on uh, Friday night when he came in in relief for Brett Rochu. Nice picture there. Really nice pads, dude. That's a nice shot that uh, Matt has there of Owen Flores. That's a really nice picture. Good pads, dude. Big pads, fan. <laughs> Connor Federico's first OHL goal he scored on Sunday in Kitchener. He's got a nice picture of that. He's got some nice pictures. Not just that, too. Big uh, fan shot. Covers fan shot. Covers all of London, really. Any London sports, yeah. Matt's on it. So follow him on Instagram, Hiscock Photography, and you'll get some great photos. Yeah, he's also on Twitter at Hiscock Photos. Hiscock's photos. Yeah, so a big uh, shout-out to him for the graphic uh, picture, for sure. All right, that wraps it. Episode 72 in the books. And for anyone wondering why Dylan Larkin was in our graphic last week, it was episode 71. Yeah, so it's a If you couldn't figure that out. And for those, and a shout-out to uh, Matty Rowe, uh, Brad, your bandwits, those guys know, those guys have been around since day one, so they knew knew it right away. They knew it right away. They know why. They know why. Thank you so much, everyone, for listening. Thank you again to Bryce Montgomery for joining us. Thank you again to Matt Hiscox for providing us with pictures of Bryce Montgomery. Um, Yeah. So, again, thank you so much to everyone for tuning in. And we will chat in seven days. (laughs) 